What's up, everyone? This is Hobart Owen here with Lesh Rosinski, Jacob LaCalle, and Yo. in the studio today, my man, Johnny Bones. What's up, JB? What's happening, dude? I just already knocked this headset out. Let me, uh, hold on. <laughs> We're already What's having happening? difficulties, <laughs> but you know, that's, you, you live and you learn, as they say. Yeah, you know, I'm just making myself at home here. You in the beeswax get, studios. You're going to have man? to not move or something. Maybe we can scoot you in a little Why bit. Why don't we just give them some headphones that aren't my headphones? Like regular. There's hell of these headphones up in this house. Oh, we good. We're doing I great today, we folks. I'm uh, going to stay real still. <laughs> real um, smooth. Yeah, I mean, good luck with that. Yeah. All right. And, yeah. um, let's get let's to this. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So today we are talking about, uh, I think, perhaps the most produced orchestral of Honey Drops tracks. Yeah, indeed. Could be. I think you're Could right be. about that. Yeah, I think so. This is, a, this is a big song. It's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, that song is Those Days. And uh, yeah, yesterday me and Lesh were talking a little bit about this song, just getting prepared and ready to uh to dive into to thinking about it and deconstructing it and uh Lesh, you were telling me that uh as far as you know relative to some of the other songs we've talked about the process the songwriting process for this one was like monumental right well just epic <laughs> and it was just really it, you know it, i wouldn't say no it wasn't like epic it was just that i wrote the piano riff hmm. probably like just as like a fun little thing to play on the piano, probably seems like maybe seven years before the thing was recorded. So epic in oh, a time wow. scale, I guess. Because I was still living. It, I I started writing the little piano part when I still had a roommate. So that was 2010 or 11, when I wrote the little piano part, and I would just play it for fun every now and again. And I even taught it. I think there's a session that we have of us just grooving on it from the Rivers Invitation sessions. I did pull in some, like, we have, like, a bunch of different demos of this. Yeah. We should check them out just to kind of get in that mind frame. It might stir yeah. up some uh, yeah. some memories. But I know there's, like, a couple different keys. And it took a while to find the groove that, you know, just the whole yeah. rhythm track, mm -hmm. the band, is, like, very different in the demos. Yeah? Um, you want to play it? Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, let's listen give to a little a, bit of it. Give us a hit sample. It. Hit it. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I like yeah, this kind of cool. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> That's fun. said this is a major third up from yeah. where Lesh is getting all excited about this. I did. It's cool, man. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. I was singing that high, though. Oh, yeah. So what key is this? I think this is an A flat. Johnny, you got, you got the piano over there? There you go. That's right. What to do here yet? Uh -huh. Yeah. We went straight to the thing. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. We can check out uh, 
There's another one from like from JJ's. We did one at JJ's. Yeah. yeah, I think this one, this next one's from JJ's. But it was like harder for me to sing it here. Maybe that's when is I was having thing? my vocal problems. Back in e? What key is that? Just a whole step down. Singing with this kind of gruff, gruffness, and yeah, a little like it's cool. It's a different vibe. It's cool. There's one more demo from August, like two months after that, and I don't know what it is, but we can check it out. Just too. a second let's of it. I don't. Let's see what what it even is. This is in the key. Okay, so that's where you you figured out the key. The groove is Or maybe more like I the, fucked up the key. <laughs> it's also got like the slower tempo and more of the feel of what we ended up with. Lesh, will you talk a little bit why about like why you guys settled into this key over the other ones? You know, I have no idea. Like I think I think I was singing it at home and when I was like trying to practice it and really thinking about it overthinking about it i couldn't actually sing it in those high keys they were too high for me but like those were kind of keys i could sing live if i'm all pumped up and full of adrenaline yeah. and i think i was also having a lot of problems with my voice during this time because as i recall this was all done kind of in the era of when we were touring with bonnie yeah. And in, in those yeah. around that time, I was losing my voice frequently and like having some problems. I can hear Lolo singing on this one. See, I was fucked up. Barely sing right here. Oh yeah, so here's the first time yeah. you hear the real yeah. bridge. Yeah, Studio two or is this in his cave? It's back at the house, right? Yeah. Back to the cave. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like we did a demo at the cave, then went to the studio, then went back to the cave, did a demo, then went back to the studio. So there's there's like four is that, four versions. Is I that guess. common that you guys will go back and forth as you go through the refinement process of these songs? Yeah, pretty com fairly common. This seems to have a lot of like fairly complete versions though mm -hmm. but i don't know how many times any of those were made you know what i mean those could have been just like hey we're at the end of a session let's play that once and see what we're ha what we got yeah i don't know if we like worked on those a lot or if we just kind of like you know yeah i don't know <laughs> do, you, do you spend do you guys spend a lot of time listening after you do a session like this do you guys spend a lot of time like listening to it afterwards or Probably I do, but yeah, I don't know if anybody else different, does. Different <laughs> yeah. I personally don't because I don't want to burn myself yeah. out. Because right. I know I'm going to hear it a bunch mixing it. So I try to like not listen to it you gotta until it's time to. You got to keep a degree of separation. Yeah, especially. but I can understand if you're playing on it and writing parts and stuff, you're going to want to hear it a lot, you know. It's almost like I heard, I heard Lesh, like I heard you making like 
some musical choices with your voice on if, as we listened to those three different recordings uh-huh. and it was almost like you were you were experimenting and leaving yourself these little like Easter eggs to find when you listen back like ooh did I like that particular thing I did in that right moment? yeah yeah I mean I definitely tried I think the first one was really high and then the second one I tried to lower it but sing it more fuller you know so not right. really sing it up in the falsetto and then the third the final key we did I didn't you know, I was kind of, it's a lot lower, and I can kind of sing it in a fuller voice. Was it but I ended e up singing it real light anyway. Yeah. So I don't really know what I was thinking, to be honest. You guys ended in E? Yeah. And you were kind of telling me that that key is a common key for your guys' songs, right? Yeah. If you like yeah, that, that's a good key for your voice, or that you get to hang out. Yeah. You talking something about, like, the that range in between, like, the head voice and the falsetto? Yeah, yeah, and that's where right where it is now. It's kind of like in a kind of a comfy range, really. It wasn't too high. I think in those days, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of the things was I think actually Amethyst had encouraged me to lower the key. Mm. Yeah, because there was this time when I was singing everything just as high as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And she'd be coming in there while I was in the back room doing it. And she'd be like, why are you singing so high all the time? <laughs> <laughs> why are you always trying to sing so high? Why are you trying to sing in my range? That's my range. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sound like you. Dr. Yeah. Well, I was going to say on the second one, you sounded a little bit like her. There on the couple, second one. <laughs> the, I think it, maybe it was the first one. The one where you were like, yeah, you were, there was a couple Probably moments. The first one. Yeah, it was the first one. There was okay. a couple moments where I, I kind of felt the amethyst fingertips it was rubbing off on him yeah exactly yeah. Um, sizzle juice yeah, yeah exactly. sizzle sizzle. juice is rubbing sizzle off sizzle on fizzle. me yeah. yeah a lot of these songs have started out with lesh on his guitar and i just thought this was an interesting one that you started on the keys for this it's oh that piano driven know, kind of thing all the songs from like you mean it were started on piano every okay. single one pretty much is there so it just depends on what i was playing at the time yeah you were were you working more on piano during that yeah i was just playing doodling on the piano a lot in those days and so all the songs were written on the piano but uh yeah it's not really uh you know i'll go either way i'll go either way any any time you know yeah so it sounds like it sounded like on those recordings you know you guys had like the rhythm section established but i i didn't hear any horns or other other points so I'm, I'm curious like at what point uh you were telling me that you you guys kind of had a, a session where you all were kind of singing ideas into your phone yeah, yeah i remember that here yeah we were here mm-hmm. at rehearsal and i used to always have my little recorder and i would a lot of the songs that we bring in i would uh we'll just start jamming them you know and, I, and i'll try to come up with uh something that feels good on the saxophone whether it be like a more one horn type of interaction off the vocals or mm-hmm. like mock horn parts that might later be beefed up into like a horn section or something. And I'll go through my recorder later. Maybe we'll do a bunch of takes and kind of listen back and see what sounds good. And I think it was, a, I was just listening to the way the rhythm section was playing. And I guess it had been on my mind for a while, kind of having, trying to do something different in that middle layer between the vocals and the rhythm section of like instead of maybe uh, s- like stacks like horn section or a blue saxophone type of ref- interaction like kind of these Curtis Mayfield type you know orchestration type of things um, that we listen to and the stuff Cubby plays us in the van and mm-hmm. you know some of these different ideas were in my head so I was like well you know maybe we should try to like maybe it'd be fun to try that you know yeah. just like give it a try you know what the hell so uh so i think i mentioned it to the guys and then we did some takes where people just kind of threw out ideas vocally while we were doing the take so the, he was singing the band was playing but everybody you know was throwing in a little oh maybe you know maybe here to you know the trumpets you know, blah, blah, you know or little strings here or, yeah. you know and i took that kind of um whatever sketchbook of you know stuff on my recorder home and i just i went to my basement with uh, i had been borrowing uh, lorenzo's nord so it had these kind of funny little sounds like like pretty janky little like trumpets and mm-hmm. horns and uh strings and i made this uh it had it actually had a pretty prominent vibraphone part 
kind of like um, I'm so proud vibraphone part <laughs> that I, mm. I thought that was like the key to it. But then as we went along, we were like, well, that's just too much exactly like the Curtis thing or something. That so For that, some reason that, we never. Yeah, I don't remember why we never used it. I, I remember everybody we kept thought on it was to put it up on, to and we'd be like, it don't sound good. Yeah, I think we might have recorded it. Yeah. We tried to put vibes on at Tiny Telephone, and <laughs> yeah. we couldn't. It just ne- it just wasn't working. I don't know. It never worked. So we actually yeah. we did. There is like a little like kind of a Glockenspiel vibraphone like thing in there that's kind of tucked into the background. Right. Yeah. There is like a little bell thing in the final version, but that's it's funny. not. It's but not yeah, as that, I mean that was yeah. just one of the parts. But it had all this stuff, so I came back. Uh, we had another rehearsal. I don't know if what, what a week later or, something, or a couple of days later, and I was like, "All right, check this, check out this arrangement." And I actually, I could tell, like, I liked what was happening in it. Like, I could hear the real instruments, so I was like, "But it sounded funny because it was all like, you know, janky oh, little midi. Nords, like midi. sounds." So <laughs> it was I remember all like midi, midi horns, yeah, it was midi, all like midi horns. So oh I remember gosh. Lolo was laughing yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It was like, guys <laughs> <laughs> were kind, kind of clowning on my, on my thing. I was like, no, no, no. But I think Les heard it. You know, he was like, this, I hear you. Yeah. So that was like the start of it. And then it goes from there to like, you know, there's a bunch of stages of actually figuring out exactly uh, how you want to orchestrate it, like uh, which instruments you want. And then like all the steps along the way of taking some parts in, putting others out. Uh, mm-hmm. and finding I remember there was even it. some yeah. later on when we were in the studio, we switched some parts around. Exactly. Ba, we were ba, like, ba, was like definitely we didn't have that on strings, and then they moved over. Yeah, yeah some and then we we yeah. took some we took like the we put the French horn alone, ba, ba, we put da. the trombones together. I remember well, that was one of the things that happened. Right at the end, right? Just in general, yeah. there was a bunch of things where they were supposed to be together. Yeah, and we just took we put the French horn alone on everything. Right, right. And, and you guys both have mentioned. Curtis Mayfield as as being like a huge inspiration for this track, and yeah, I, I went sure. and listened to, yeah, I loved and I lost. Yeah, yeah that was the one. That yeah, was that it. vibe. Yeah, right away I was like, oh yeah. It's it's a very yeah. similar choice of uh the the lower brass with the with the bones mm-hmm. and the French horn, and then he also has a muted trumpet. That we, little we were, trumpet line. Yeah, there's, there's muted fast. muted trumpets yeah. in there. We were messing with the mutes trying to find which one would give us like the flavor we wanted, and then the strings balanced out against the horns, mm-hmm. playing the little games again. And the, some of the figures, if you listen to some of the figures, I yeah. mean, we have our own, but there's some influence. Uh, yeah, this know? morning yeah. I like queued it up on my yeah. stereo and I listened to that. And then I listened to those days right after. And it like, it was cool. Cause it gave me a whole new appreciation of what you guys built. Like it, it, yeah. it isn't the same song, but the vibe is very similar, but yeah. it's like, I was able to kind of, it opened up some new doors of appreciation for some of the, yeah. Different background, you know, movements. A, a lot of the groove, on. I think, hadn't settled in until we listened to that. But that's kind of when we decided on exactly what kind of groove we we're going to play. We kind of lifted a lot of that from the Curtis Mayfield version. I remember that. You know. And a lot of that's a lot of those parts in a way. I remember for me it was really interesting in the studio because a lot of those parts are like just the way the the way the thing is itself. It like um, it like calls into it calls into like a history the type of parts they are. So like pe- so players we brought in would add stuff like that little lead in the. Oh yeah, Danielle made added, that up herself. They, they added that in when we were here recording it, mm. and then we were like, "That sounds, you know, that was cool. that was like perfect, you yeah. know." That's and true. When we yeah. were putting that part, I had voiced that. I think I think those are seventh chords, and but you know, in the process of like writing parts out, you know, because we haven't really done that with our band. It's all, you know, on the head. Yeah, so that was the thing. I forgot some parts, you know. I forgot one of the one of the voices on that. And so they were like triads. And then I remember Danny was like, no, no, something's, you know, that's missing the fourth part. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's like he doesn't know the arrangement. He doesn't know what I wanted. Right. But it's just because it's such a, these are like kind of like call into 
these type of parts call into like a lot of the history of the music. So it was just obvious. You know what I mean? It was just like he's played so much music. He was just like, yeah, that needs this other, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's missing that other one. So we had to figure stuff out. When, when you write these arrangements, are you notating them on musical paper? Or do you play them out on the piano? Or what, what's the process there? For I mean, that? I was doing them on the piano first. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it was like, okay, let's, we got to write. Yeah, I think we just hand wrote. I didn't have... The finale programmers. I have it now, but um, I remember they were handwritten. Yeah, we just out. jotted them all out. Yeah, yeah, we just wrote them out um, that way. We just did it kind of old-fashioned. I'm uh, always curious yeah. about like, yeah. it's such a, a feature in music, like the like the horn section as being <laughs> this like autonomous piece of the band. Like you, <laughs> you know, you go to like a show uh, where people will sit in and you kind of see the horn players go kind of take a little huddle for a second, like right. whisper yeah. and on the fly come up with like a sick <laughs> whispering part little parts to that, each yeah, other. Yeah. And like that's always been or talking over people to each other. All right. The time. It's, it's always been like a mystery, but also I thought really cool. Just the way that like, it's like a different breed. In fact, know? the hardest part of the whole recording of this, this song probably was, was uh, dealing with, was it, wasn't it Rinta and uh, Danny both in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> that shit was amazing That's right Was that on this song? I feel like they were well behaved When we did this song But then the, ne the, the next song the, We did the, Coming Around or yeah, something Yeah we did it we did. Yeah. And those fools could not stop talking Because they're like old timers From the Bay right huh? Oh And my they're just goodness. like It's just like that horn It's what you talking about It's like you, the horn section Sitting in the corner Just like bullshit yeah. The whole time <laughs> While the band is playing The singers doing shit Exactly You know and That's the, what reminded me The horn players are just talking and they're two trombone players. They're like the best trombone players I know. They are. And they're like yeah. the best trombone players in town. And they're, you know what I mean? So there's a little bit of that. Like, they're kind of bullshitting with each other, kind of being a little competitive. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Even just warming up. They were throwing some chops at each yeah, other, yeah, throwing yeah. Them back and forth. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And they'd be like, you sound great. No, you sound great, man. You sound great. No, no. You know, Danny, I really admire you. No, Mike, you're the baddest trombone player in this town. <laughs> they did have it. It was hilarious. It was totally hilarious. And finally, hilarious. Jacob got mad. I couldn't concentrate. Wait, wait, I got mad? Yeah, you got mad. You you got elevated. <laughs> and you were like, I went, into the, I went in there. And you were just so, I knew you were getting mad. It was getting crazy. Because they wouldn't was, stop talking. We couldn't get anything done. They were coming through. And, I, on the and I, go, I went into the control booth, and you're like, "Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, are these guys ever going to stop talking?" <laughs> <laughs> and we, and that we day couldn't we like start a take. We tried to track the strings at the same time, right? Yeah. In the little booth. Yeah. So there was we so did. much we going did on, man. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. And Jay, I was like, I was like, okay, I'll do it, Jacob. I'll tell them to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Or did I, I make, did I make you one. do it? Did I make you no, do I it? Think you, I, I think you handled that last Daddy's here. Daddy's here. Time to... I mean, I remember I mean, it was a lot. You were the producer. We were you were to... the producer on the set. Yeah, we were producing. And the we... trumpet player, yeah. So I had to be like, okay, guys, we're trying to get some work done. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you can't really tell. Those cats are the baddest cats. So you don't really want to like be like, Crack the whip on them. Shut up. Plus, <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean. I'm also playing in the room with them. I don't get to just be up in the exactly, right. Right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't really be like. Yeah, you gotta hang. I yeah, gotta yeah. hang with the guys. I, <laughs> right. I couldn't be. I mean, it was highly entertaining <laughs> to hear them banter, but you know. Do we? I wonder if point. there's any tracks of their banter somewhere oh, out there I'm in the sure ether. Sure, I can dig some. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I can dig some up. Dig up the session tapes, man. Classic yes. trombone so jokes. <laughs> it, it was it was it was good. It was a good day in the studio. Oh. I mean, this was all new for us to me. It's kind of fun to listen to it and know that it was like you know something we could definitely expand on. I mean, it's like we're just trying something out, and so everything was new. So we were trying to figure out how to mic the, you mm -hmm. know, with these different. We haven't recorded that type of horn section, right? How to yeah. conduct it and like how are we, you know, and we're not really used to communicating in this orchestral, like you know, count ins and cues and I don't know. I felt like I remember being kind of flustered, just trying. I was happy we even got it done because you yeah. know you're just trying to kind of figure out and then if there's any notes that weren't transposed right or you know mm -hmm. on a horn oh what's that bad note or this or that so it was it was a lot of a lot of little moving parts but hey we got it we got it done johnny who do what, what did we have in there going all at once we had trumpet we we had trombone. if i remember right we had two trumpets and we had two trombones i think we were we were pondering you know maybe one of them playing bass trombone on some stuff but i believe they just played you know 
regular trombone, and we had the French horn and mm-hmm. saxophone, tenor sax. I think that was what we did for the horns, and then we had... Uh, we right, did that was in the main room. Yep. That was in the main room, and then the strings were at the same time. We had the brothers on strings, booth. and we had done the sisters on strings before, so there was like a doubling of string parts, and then we added That's a couple, right. some upchucks and stuff. I don't think the original arrangement yeah. had uh, the... Blink. Yeah, blink. blink blinks on the. Can we hear those oh, yeah. ho- the horns? We, just the, yeah. those pads or whatever. You want to hear just the orchestration? Just yeah. just yeah. all the horns and the strings without anything else. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all getting that? Yeah. Cool. Ooh. Patsner brothers on, and the, and the and the sisters too, the Taylor sisters and the Patsner brothers. Yeah. yeah. So some sibling love. Yeah. Nice. I thought I heard those, yeah. those today when I was listening to this. Plus plus. This is what was interesting. I think this was that was originally like on um, brass. Ba, ba, ba. I remember putting those on the brass. Oh. But I think it, we moved it over. It just sounded good on the strings. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds totally like a movie score when you take everything else out. It's like the, the hero is reunited with his long lost love. Mm-hmm. I love that French horn. Woo. Who played the French horn? Our buddy from college, Wayne Van Loo. Was he the dude that was like, I'm over here killing it? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> he was. That was him. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he here. was mad yeah. that the other guys were talking yeah, so much. Yeah. He was yeah. actually the one who was the most pissed. He got in on the He's horn. A, he was an orchestra the player. The okay. battle, man. So he it had was... these two jazz, you know, these two jazz guys over here just bullshitting the whole time. And he's just like, where's the professionality here? I'm over here killing I'm it I'm over right here now. just killing it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's yes. it. Yes, sir. I mean, that last section is cool because it's got the strings and, and then it's got the and then the and then another group of horns, you know, so all of the shit yeah. stacked. So I liked it, like going home with all the shit swirling like right. that. It's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did you write, uh, like add more parts in between these sessions? Like, no, like or was, was this already all kind of figured out? These before were all you little started? parts that all different that came from different places that we decided to yeah to stack at the end mm. yeah so like the little 
Right. Exactly. And then the ba ba da ba ba is a mirror of the guitar part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is like the guitar part put on the the trumpets really are carrying that. Yeah. And then of course the low pads from the trombones. Yep. So it's kind of like a just a combination. And the da 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 was just one of the ideas. Yeah, it's going out throughout there. the thing. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah. it's like we just like we're like let's put in all these things and just stack them. Yeah, stack swirl them it in, up, man. You know? But you know it's hard. To, well, it what's interesting is like when you listen, it's like maybe when I listen, it's like okay. When, when I listen to it with the whole band, I say, okay, maybe there could be more. You could, could have more. Or you could have less, but it's it's funny how empty, you know, like when you're writing out music compared to, I don't know, like say a jazz chart or something, or you think there's just tons of stuff happening. You got to wait, and then you guys got this one, you know, everything has its place. Yeah. It's more about like really just putting everything in the right place and letting the vocals and the rhythm say, like you're trying to think of the whole picture, not right. let the the orchestral instruments take over, you know, totally. you could give them tons of stuff to do, you know, there's, yeah, they can I was going to ask, off. I was going to ask you guys, I know that like, uh, especially like having talked to Lesh so much about music, I know like one of the things you're always keeping in mind as you produce these songs is like making sure that the track is not too busy. And as a, you know, creating music, like so much of it is knowing like, when is it done? Yeah. Do we stack another part on top of this or do we, <laughs> do we let it ride and i was curious like in this process like was that a you know how was that different for you guys as as I, you moved through this i remember just when we got these done we were like yeah it's good yeah totally we we had we had planned it out quite a bit totally. i feel like because johnny had done those little midi tracks we kind of knew what we wanted. We knew what we wanted. And you're also dealing money-wise because you got to pay everybody. Right. <laughs> you got to pay a bunch of people yeah, and a bunch of hours. Yeah, that was the other thing. So everything was pretty like, yeah, we had to get it done that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had to get the guys to shut up, get it done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this many hours. Get the hell out of there because, you know, we don't have a record label that's giving us unlimited <laughs> studio time for six months to make our concept yeah. album, right? So this everybody, yeah. everybody's on the clock. Was this like one of your most expensive songs to produce? Yeah. Was that? Was this one of the most expensive songs? Well, yeah, to of course. Yeah. I mean, think about how many people there was in there. Yeah. How many people in total? Yeah. Well, there's two trombones. Yeah, there's two tr two trumpets, two trombone, French horn, two two uh, strings. Yeah. Yeah. So four strings. Four strings. Four strings. Yeah, yeah. Four, four, four strings string players, and, and they yeah. stacked stacked a couple times. Right. But, stacked uh, up. Yeah, yeah. So you you know this is. Yeah. yeah. Over two sessions, right? They weren't yeah. in the room together. The, no, oh, the uh, some strings, strings were here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the couple extra strings did it separately, but everybody else was in the room together mm -hmm. that day. Wow. That's that was challenging, you to, know, to record to that. And then, wrestle. oh yeah, it was. It was. It got hectic. That's what I'm saying. It got hectic. But homie, to think but of homie those. was killing it, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you try to think of the old days. Like it's funny because it was a. Uh, it was felt like a lot to concentrate on. I think it's just funny for because <laughs> we're we're learning the process. But back in the back in the day, like you know, mm -hmm. we think of Curtis tracks. Or I don't really don't know how Curtis did it, but I don't know when I watched no, no, like the Sinatra. He had a guy who arranged the stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was another dude who arranged who the was, orchestra. Yeah, yeah. But Johnny I mean, Pate, I think. Yeah, Johnny. Was his that, name? Yep, and he did all those. Yeah. He but I'm just thinking of like the actual recording sessions, like Sinatra yeah. sessions, when you have the rhythm session and the whole big band and the lead singer. It's yeah. all being done live, right. and they're trying to get you know. Mm -hmm. You watch the video yeah. videos or Ray sections, or something, yeah. and you see the Capitol Studio, and all those mics got to be placed, and and everyone's got to nail their parts. And I'm always like, damn, we're having you know, we're like working hard, getting the horns right. You yeah, know? yeah, we were we were definitely scrambling. <laughs> That day. <laughs> Whose I job is that. it to be the drill sergeant that keeps everybody in order through all that? We didn't even know how to mic some of the instruments. Right. That's what I was wondering what we did. Yeah. Yeah, you guys didn't. I had that shit down. Yeah, what was that you all about? You were killing it, bro. <laughs> I, was, I was over there killing it. You were it. killing the mics. Yeah, Cubby, what was your uh, process for, for prepping and and uh, and engaging this these sessions? I mean... For the horns, I think everyone had like a close mic, so we could kind of balance it that way. But then, I think we might have also put like one ribbon mic out front of the whole horn section. You had like one or like two. Little, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was like a stereo pair. Yeah, up, up high. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, it really, you know, every everyone kind of like played together and and kind of mixed themselves uh, to a certain extent. Yeah. I remember there um, there were more individual mics at one point, and it didn't sound right. Yeah, right. And then I remember yeah, ending true. up using more of us all pointing towards this big ribbon mic that 
the two trumpets yeah, the and the trombones all played into. Yep. Yep, that 44, the yeah. big AEA 44. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And then we gave we gave Wayne a separate mic. I remember that. Because he was killing That's, it. Because he plays... The French... Yeah, because yeah, the French horn. horn plays backwards. Right, right. Oh, right. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. Well, well, he playing like a French horn goes the like this. The bell is like the going... The bell yeah. goes backwards. Yeah. So he's holding it like yeah. under yeah. his arm That's rather yeah. than up, up like a trumpet. Yeah, and literally facing backwards. The bell is back here. Oh, and you stick right. your hand in there. You go like this. Yeah, you do, and that's how you get some of the tone. Yeah, mm. it's by changing your hand position inside. So he, would he have to face away from the mic? No, he's facing no, towards us so he can see us. But it that's just why means we gave him. It's coming out of his butt. <laughs> the sound is coming out so of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So that's why he got his own mic. He got a little booty but mic. But I mean, yeah. And then the string players, we just put. I know, like. We put the Coles 4038 on the strings, and that's like, doesn't get any better than that to yeah. me. Sounded nice. And then everything was going through the EMT plate reverb. Okay. The real deal. Oh, nice. That's where you get those lush trails of yeah. sonic goodness. Mm. Mm-hmm. For those little, like, plucky, like the plucky little parts on the strings and those yeah. super quick, like, back and forth parts. Ba da ba da. No, there's like a part oh, no, where they're just, just a, like the tremolo. Shimmer. Oh, yeah, yeah. The shimmers. Yes. Was yeah. that something that you had written out, or was that something that they improvised on the fly? On or? the, um, I had the pizzicatos in the bridge. Okay. But not those little ones that we put the upchucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, those ones that get, kind of got added. Okay. I think we just. I think you might have heard that last when we were recording. So you said, "Put the string." You know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I was like an additional. I'm always a big fan of the shimmers. I'm always adding. Yeah. I remember yeah. that's kind of like. I'm always like, "Can we do the little thingy?" On, yeah. I always like those uh, in my baby's arms. Arms too. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. We talk, yeah. I'm like a sh- shimmer fanatic. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. It but sounds good. Everybody. That was the funny thing. Everybody had these little ideas, and then Johnny kind of synthesized them all. Just kind of little, yeah. Like and made them, them all work together and pick the spots where they would go. It's like everybody. I remember Ben coming up with random parts. I think he had the bum bum bum. I that was. Yeah. I think that that was and definitely. The bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I think he that was. That? I think that was his little bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, we were wow, all like throwing cool. out. Um, they call him Benny Bumpa Bumpa Bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Ben definitely Ben listens. You know, a huge Curtis Mayfield he's, fan. Yeah, he's like the so biggest he's deep Curtis in, And he actually was the one that was listening to this track a lot. Okay. The the uh, loved him. A love that I lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He lis- He was. I think he was like. He had that on like a little playlist, and then I put it on a playlist, and then we all started listening to it a lot. Yeah. So that song in particular, I think it was kind of ringing in his head for. Him. He's just like Curtis is his dude. All yeah, day, totally, totally. You know so. No, like once we threw out the like idea of orchestrating, he, he was just throwing out the, the Curtis licks. Yeah, yeah, he was throwing <laughs> yeah, out the gold, had a, right? He had a whole handful of Curtis <laughs> licks <laughs> to throw in. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that was, it was it's fun to just kind of take the ideas and then t- try to um, kind of get everything I remember you had the, the right. idea for the whole pyramid, the ball, yeah. ball, yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah, and then that. Yeah, that's <laughs> I remember that. I remember when that. When you brought that in, yeah. we had those. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Will you uh, yeah. will you explain yeah. just just for the, the fans out there what a pyramid is? A, a pyramid is a four sided uh, building <laughs> found in many cultures around the world, ancient cultures. Uh, what the Egyptians talk to the aliens with? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you no, know, we were just talking about the stacking of the low to high part. So when the break comes in that song. I remember, boom, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. Like, yeah. just like the little stack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of the horns and the yeah. yeah. I can see it. I mean, duh. It sounds just like what a pyramid would sound like in my mind. Um, awesome. Well, I do want, I, you know, maybe I should have jumped into this a little bit earlier, but one of the things I really want to make sure that we hit on in this episode, um, you know, this song, if you're just listening to like the musical orchestral side, it's got this very like lovely, you know, like I was saying, like in a movie, if, if I heard this in a movie, it'd be like a scene where there's this reuniting or, you know, at the end of the big uh-huh. conflict, everything's resolving and it's okay. But when you listen to the lyrics, uh, you know, Les, you're telling a kind of a different story here, and I just 
was wondering if, <laughs> if you wanted to touch on that a little bit, just, you know, the songwriting aspect, yeah. uh, you know, what, what do you mean? You know, those days ain't coming back. How does that all relate to this? Well, to me, the little piano line at the beginning was kind of this lonely kind of melancholy thing. It was, you know, to me that was, and so when I wrote the song, it was just initially, I think that was the emotion that was, that I was feeling. And it became about, you know, I don't really know. I remember the verses came to me very quickly and they were kind of, to me, about just living in the Bay Area, especially during that time when the changes were happening so fast. And and I realized that they were inevitable, and I, I realized that I was not going to be able to ever really stay here and live here or ever own a house here or anything like that. It was like when all that dawned on me that I was going to eventually have to leave here, you know, and that's what that was about. And I, that had not occurred, I guess... It was, a, you know, coming to terms with that feeling. And I think I was coming to terms with that feeling also with Amethyst, who I was living with at the time, who was born here and who was feeling it super hard. You know, I'm kind of secure in my little rent-controlled place for, for the time being, but of course that's going to all end at some point. And, um, or not even rent-controlled, I'm just here by the, by the grace of my kind landlords. But when they're gone, when they decide to get rid of the spot, it's like it's, it's going to be free-for-all capitalism and <laughs> I'm going to be gone, you know, along with all the other musicians I know that don't live here no more. So, you know. Shout-out to the birdies. Yeah, shout-out to, to my awesome landlords, the birdies. But you know, you think and they'll be listening to this? Uh, definitely, they're already <laughs> listening. They're at the they're window right now. <laughs> Mr. Birdie's at the window right now, looking in. <laughs> no, no, uh, but yeah, um, but and, you know, and I was with Amethyst, and she was going through it probably even harder than me because, or in her own way, because she was from here and she didn't have a place to really live, and everything was so expensive, and you know, she's just a young artist trying to do her thing, and. There's no space for that here right now. So there's a lot of bitterness in the song, you know? And there's a lot of like nostalgia, nostalgia and a little and a little bitter taste, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But mostly, I guess, mostly sadness, I guess, you know. Mostly just the sadness. I think at the moment, my at least for me, I was just pissed off all the time. <laughs> I was just pissed off at every single person I saw walking down the street, every new damn Tesla I had, a Beamer I had to see drive by with some... All those bros in North Face jackets? Yeah, with the <laughs> bros with the North Face jackets, you know? But, like, you know, I, uh, yeah, and maybe this, this might have been, like, the first song that was, like, kind of more about the sadness of it all, you know? Just, and I tried to also write the song from a bigger perspective because, you know, I used to... I would complain to my parents about what was going on. I was like, Mom, Dad, like... Oh my, you know, I love this place. This is my home, but I'm not going to be able to stay here and I'm going to get kicked out. All my friends have already left. Everybody's leaving. Like, I don't use the places I used to go to eat don't exist anymore. The places I used to go to hang out don't ha and don't exist anymore. And what the, what the hell is this? And my parents weren't that empathetic actually, because they had dealt with bigger changes in their lifetime. <laughs> so they were like, uh, <laughs> sorry, I guess that's just life, son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first world problems. First world problems. But um, wh where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So I tried after talking to them, I tried to like kind of expand the vision of the song, make sure it, there's nothing too specific in it. It's just about change. It's just about the passage of time and change and kind of like not appreciating or maybe not realizing how fleeting all the moments of happiness really are, you know, and that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially, too, because, you know, you've lived in so many different places in your life, you know, being born in Poland, coming, living in D.C., living in Chicago. But this was like the Bay was kind of your first spot that you made your own, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Bay, I, I felt very at home in Chicago as a kid. Um, and then I, and then after that, you know, I never really felt like I had found a place that I wanted to stay. But I came to the Bay and the Bay really opened its arms to me. I met all these great musicians. Freddie Hughes, who's on the track, was one of like kind of my first idols singing idols as i uh, as i came on the scene here and 
I would watch him s sing at the different places, and he sang with us on a bunch of our CD release shows and s shows, and he's he's in the background chorus on this. Me, you, and Love to hear Freddie. Yeah, it was me, Les, and Freddie. You can hear that Freddie tone. His voice is so much lower than it was when he was a young man. Like his timbre? Yeah. Yeah. So he's on there. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the high notes and stuff that I do is kind of, you know, I learned that from hearing him sing the high notes, mm. especially from his old records. But he still sings them. He still gets those high notes. Tell the uh, listeners out there some uh, some songs they should, oh, should yeah. check out on, on YouTube. I don't send, think you can find them on Spotify, yeah. but YouTube. Send my baby back. That's the. Yes. Send my baby back. You guys do Sharing. that one sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Share, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah! I can tell you for sure that Lesh, Lesh and Freddie sing that in different keys, and I can tell you that from yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the Fillmore. Yeah, I was, you know, real of an honor to play the intro for Freddie in the wrong key at the Fillmore. <laughs> you know? oh. finally up there at the Fillmore, you know, you got to be Boba. It's right, right up in, Le in Lesh's key because I was used to playing it for Lesh, and he came in saying it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. The horn goes oh. in one key in the rhythm section. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad about that. That was yeah. funny. Set, set, up, set him up for success I there, did I you? I did. I really did. I told Johnny to do that because I didn't yeah. want him to sound better than right, me. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was Lesh. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, was verbal I was assassin. just following verbal orders. <laughs> Man, that would be so funny if there was... I bet you that's been a thing in bands before in the past, right? You know Some what? I was wondering stuff. about that because when we were in Spain, we sat in with the Dirty Dozen Brass Band and uh, that ca that tenor player, Kevin. Yeah. He was like, y'all got to come up and play with us. And I was like, cool. Like, I was excited. To, I never... Yeah, he told us all the wrong keys. He told me all the wrong keys. He kept whispering over to me. He was like, he's like, this one's an F. And then <laughs> I was playing with the band. I was like, this is definitely in B flat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then like the first solo break, they looked at so through it to me, and I just played the key that I knew the band was in. And, yeah. and so then the next song, he was like, sound good. He said, and he told me the next one was in B flat, and that was an F. He had them all, and then after that we played, he was like, uh, like you sound good, man. Y'all can sit in with us anytime. So I, I thought it maybe was like a test. Uh, I, I thought maybe sounds, it was a yeah. thing. They give you the wrong keys. You're gonna and trust if, your if you're just following what he tells you and not using your ear, then you're too dumb to be up in the band. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's <laughs> it. I thought that was some old New Orleans shit. I was like, yeah. oh. Well, you got to have the cojones to trust your instincts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, wow, man. He's fucking fucking with me, man. Oh, that's that's hilarious. That's really good. Um, yeah, and you were t you were talking about like a little a little bit. You were telling me yesterday about just the scene when you first got here with Pat Sports Bar. Oh yeah, well that's where I first saw Freddie. Okay. I first saw <laughs> Freddie at Pat Sports Bar. And, you know Sports they would have bar. they would have like a little uh, blues jam there on mo Mondays. And actually, that's the first time I heard him sing. Send my baby back and uh, don't let the green grass fool you. And then I immediately kind of like looked up those songs mm. on what was that thing called? Na not Napster. Uh, Kazar. Uh, Kazar. No, Morpheus? the other one. LimeWire. LimeWire. Lime Lime yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and I downloaded that shit off of LimeWire. I found it. I was like, damn, this is some good was shit. Was Greengrass one of his? Or? No, no. But I, I just didn't know the song before okay. this. So this was like 15 years ago or something. The first version you heard was. Uh, yeah, it was him doing it. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a cool thing. And then I remember going in to what used to be Pat's. Somebody told me, hey, come by our jam. We have a jam. You know, this was like, you know, a couple few years back. We have this spot called The Layover. And I go in. I was like, this is Pat's sports bar. But it's not. Hmm. And it was just full of like, you know, kind of like the new hipsters. Oh. And they were having like a so-called soul jam. And there was some girl up there trying to sing an Aretha Franklin song with a phone in front of her face because she didn't know the damn lyrics. Ugh. And that I pretty much, that, that kind of sums it up for me in terms of, <laughs> the, you know, the changes of the Bay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't there know. I need not say anything more. I was just, I, that's, that's when I get offended. You know, people get offended about a lot of things these days. But, yeah. um, you know, that's when, that's when my, my meter went to red. I was like, man, fuck this shit. If you don't know the words, it's not your song to sing. <laughs> You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, obviously, Freddie doesn't have his Monday night gig no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, you know what I mean? It's like the whole change of guard. But he, he, you were saying he's one of the people that was up at Lois the Pie Queen's spot. Is he up on the wall there? I don't think he's on the wall there. They, everybody's on the wall there. He could be, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's he, funny you know, that's kind of like that. a that's yeah. kind of like a bay music hall of fame, you know, is on the wall there. And just in general, people from the bay, you know, athletes, whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, just people, people, local people. I see that even with the jazz jams, man, cuz I I grew up in the bay area and like when we were 14, we'd go to Wellington, you know, down university that that bar that um I think it's, is it a Ramada now or something? It's mm. you know that little bar was where the jam was, and that was uh, Duck Bailey, the drummer on all the Tarantine, Jimmy Smith records. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, ran yeah. that session. He would play harmonica. He would like maybe barely ever play drums, but I mean like, and it was just like so. I don't know. It was just like felt like how you're supposed to learn the music, you know. And you go down there, and they let us get go in the bar when we were kids yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and play with the cats, you know, and kind of talk to us they would do like art art blakey's birthday and try to educate us about shit and like they were kind of had a little jazz community that was very down home and very like people that really loved the music and and uh grew up around it and tell you stories about it and then Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't see you know there's still jazz jams but just the flavor is not quite the same as the old wellington jam you know (laughs) it's so cool that they were so open to like taking you under their wing and yeah i mean that's how I, i learned the same way back in dc yeah. There was like an old cat at the jam session, this guy, Billy Smith, who I think passed away, who wrote some songs. He had some songs on Freddie Hubbard records yeah. and stuff like that. This beautiful tenor player, old older cat. And even when other people were slightly hostile to the two like white boys at the jam <laughs> session in DC, <laughs> this cat was like real sweet and he'd be like, Don't listen to them here. I'll give you guys some stuff to work on. Yeah. He gave us little exercises and he told us he you know what I mean, he schooled yeah. us up on you know, told us stories, told us what to play, which notes to play, when to play, how to play. Yeah, man. They always told us not to play That's too the much. Shit. It's cool. It's a good way to come up, man. Yeah. yeah. So those are the days that ain't coming those back. Days, right? <laughs> those days. Those days. Yeah. Um, oh, there's one last thing that I did want to touch on today, which is that... Uh, I happen to have some familial connection to this song as that's well. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, the whole, the live version of the song. Yeah, there's another version out there. Yet the another fa- version. The fast version. So, yeah, so Tony, so this this actually happened at a jam session at the at this house. Where we're we were having right like a little party, and Tony starts playing this little, yeah. his little uh, jam. He had a lick from a song that he wrote, a separate song, but it worked perfectly. Yeah, and I started singing those days over it and we kind of turned the whole thing around because we were singing this kind of sad song but it's a jam but his his thing was way more upbeat so he was playing right Mm -hmm. and then at the end we were singing those days ain't because it was jam so we so we're vamping the song at the end right and we're repeating things and keep it going and we're saying those days ain't coming back but then my friend jenny uh, our our good friend Jenny. Shout out Jenny. Shout out Jenny. Jenny just lost her house actually down in uh, Santa oh, Cruz. No. Beautiful home. But she oh, had gosh. the bright idea of of changing the words from "Those days ain't coming back" to "Those days are here right now," and indeed they were. We were having the best time people can have together, and we were right here. It was so magical too. I remember that moment. I was here in the room, and it was like this. We were all kind of vamping on that. You know, we had everybody in the room singing along. Those days ain't yeah. coming back. And then she just popped up and it was this like, I saw her kind of in the spirit world, goddess energy just like kind of popped up and was like, hey, those days are here right now. And like half the room was still saying coming back. But then like yeah. within a, like, People you know, caught on. 20 seconds, everybody was saying that. It was yeah. like this really yeah. positive message that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, well, and then you guys went and took it, and that is, then you went down to Santa Cruz where Jenny lives, and you guys did that yeah. little twist on yeah. stage at the Catalyst. Oh yeah, that's like right. Next, we jammed that for a minute. Week there. That was fun. That that, shit, that was a good little thing. So, you know. Yeah. That, well, you know, you gotta you gotta turn it into something positive. Yeah.
this song is definitely less positive than most that I write. So probably the reason we don't play it, man. Because I don't want. But you know, when I listen to it, it's funny because it doesn't sound. Because like you, you said about making the lyrics more general, I almost think it. You know, sometimes it reminds me of like thinking about a relationship. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's like you know a moment, a connection you have with someone that you don't have anymore, or you'll never have again. Yeah. But uh, but you remember that that little something. So I, you know, so in a way, it doesn't feel not positive. It feels kind of nostalgic. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I think this song is mostly nostalgic. There's one feeling to That's sum it up. That's a feeling I get listening to it. And, you yeah. know, the yeah. whole way in which it's such a throwback to those old school records. Right. It's to it's nostalgia through and through. Through you know? and through. Lyrically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, textually. Textually, <laughs> musically. With, you yeah. know, yeah. with some deep, I would say, uh, Buddhist vibes. You know, kind of just dreams ruminating about the uh impermeable nature of impermanence <laughs> there's one thing the song's about <laughs> it's impermanence imper as the buddha teaches you know <laughs> <laughs> i had to get some philosophy in here at least a little bit of that. <laughs> take us home with some philosophy <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. well uh i think we should end it with that though is like you know those days ain't coming back, but also those days are here right now. So here right now. make the most of, you know, even during this COVID thing, like it's very easy to get hung up on the fear and the worries and lose sight of the fact that for a lot of people, whether you you want it or not, like we're all getting a little vacay or some time to reassess, reevaluate, make some life changes that we've been putting off and family time um, I know I've been really grateful for a lot of these days that we're living through right now mm. Amen Just a dream.